How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of English Encore. I'm your host, Nick English. Thank you all for tuning in. Today, we're going to be talking about my thoughts on Ralph Kruger as he begins his first season as a Sabres head coach. We're going over some takeaways from the Bills-Giants game last week and my predictions for the Bills-Bangles game this week. Um, we'll be also talking about the St. Bonaventure Bonnies and their men's basketball preview. And then finally, I'm going to talk about which Sabre I think is going to take the biggest step this year. So starting off with Ralph Kruger, um, he's very interesting head coach. Um, he's one of the oldest head coaches in the NHL. Um, he has a little bit of a weird background um, just because most recently he was overseas um, as a chairman of the Southampton Football Club, which uh, for people that don't know, that's a soccer team overseas. Um, he most recently coached hockey uh, for Team Europe in 2016, actually led them um, pretty far in the tournament, upset of quite a few teams before ultimately losing to Canada in the finals. Um, he's only been a headache head coach at the NHL level one time and that was the 2012-13 season with the Edmonton Oilers. He coached 48 games, had a 19-22 and 7 record with 45 points before he was ultimately let go. Um, team did miss the playoffs that year. Um, he's also uh, well known for his work with the Swiss national team at the Olympics um, and he was also a scouting consultant for the Carolina Hurricanes back in the day. Um, but overall, I think um, the Kruger hire at first caught a lot of people by surprise just because he hasn't coached at the NHL level for very long. Um, also, just taking time away. Um, most recently, as I mentioned, the soccer club, I think a lot of people thought it was going to be a strange hire. But um, if you look around the NHL, there are other coaches that have taken some time off, came back, and had some success. Um, even just coaches looking at their second coaching stint. You look at Craig Berube, um, who just coached the Blues to a Stanley Cup. He wasn't very successful as a head coach his first time around, but second time around is a different story. Um, the biggest takeaway I think that I like about Ralph Kruger is it seems he's very good at communicating and structure. And I know from a lot of fans' perspectives, we've heard that Communication's been a key for the head coach for the past two times between Bilesma and Housley. We've all seen how that's gone, but um, as far as Kruger goes, I think he's been noted as a good communicator, motivator. Um, he's a positive thinker, and he has really good structure, and that's something you want in all head coaches. And I think with the Sabres, it's a big deal just because I think Housley was a little too stubborn in that when his defensive system wasn't working, he was unwilling to change it to the skill set of his players, and it was just his way or the highway type of mentality when it clearly wasn't working, except for that brief time when they won the 10 games in a row. Um, I think Kruger connects with the players a lot more already with than Housley. Um, just looking at all the interviews and the players, you can tell, especially a lot of the veteran guys like Eichel, Skinner, Johansson, are all very impressed with how he's handled things. Um, and you can just tell by the player's tone that um, it seemed like last year the defensive structure was pretty lackluster at best, that they weren't really sure where they were supposed to be at all times, where so far you've clearly seen that Kruger is stressed that the course of this preseason and training camp is all about making sure that when we get into the regular season that it's all about knowing where everyone is at all times and 
things on the ice aren't just kind of happy-go-lucky. It's very structured, and it's one way. Um, and I think that was kind of missed last year. Um, like I said, they had a nice 10-game win streak, but it was a lot of close games. Um, part of it was luck, part of it was skill. But um, I think this year is going to be a lot different. I think we're going to see a drastic improvement um, on the blue line especially, although it did, does hurt that looks like Brandon Montour might be out for a little bit. Um, I don't think there's a lot of negatives to say about Ralph Kruger. It's very hard to judge a guy based on one NHL season, which he didn't even coach um, a full 82 games. Um, and just reading around some of the NHL analysts, they actually thought Kruger was doing a pretty decent job, just didn't get a long enough stint. And if you look at Edmonton Oilers, not a lot of coaches last there a long time, so it's hard to judge him there. Um, Kruger is coming into a pretty tough situation just because outside of the top line, if they do decide to play Skinner, Eichel, and Reinhardt together, um, it's pretty up in the air of what's going to happen. Um, you're counting on Casey Middlestat to make a big jump this year. I know they added some veteran guys between Johansson and VC to go along with some other vets like Oposo and Shiri, but um, it's still up in the air. They hope that Tage Thompson, Olips, and guys like that develop. Um, I think the biggest thing for the Sabres this year is definitely get the blue line better and then leading into next year free agency. Um, you're hoping your young guys can take another step as well as maybe add another piece or two next offseason. Not that they didn't do a decent job this offseason, but I still feel they can add more um, on the offensive side of the puck so that Eichel and Skinner and Reinhardt aren't carrying um, the bulk of the load like they did last year when pretty much of those guys weren't combining for two to three goals. We weren't winning very many games. So some takeaways from the Bills-Giants game. I'm going to go over some positive and negatives. Starting with the positives, um, I thought Josh Allen was incredible. Um, didn't turn the ball over. Was very decisive with his passes. Um, converted a lot of big throws on third downs. Um, he did miss the one deep ball at John Brown when he was wide open, but other than that, he commanded the huddle very well. They had led three consecutive scoring drives. Um, and they kind of got lost a little bit in the third quarter, but when they needed to score in the fourth quarter, he led them down the field, and they got a touchdown with Frank Gore. Um, definitely a lot better game than week one, even though I thought he also had a decent week one. Obviously, the turnovers um, kind of make it look a lot worse than what it was. Um, I thought the Bills did an excellent job on third down and in the red zone. They went four for four in the red zone. Um, perfect 100%, can't ask for anything better than that. And then on third down, they went 5 of 13. Um, that's not over the top great, but it's not really that bad. And Josh made some great throws um, early on in the game, especially on third down. And then he had that late third down where he kind of made a defender miss with a stutter step and threw a bullet to John Brown to convert a key third down to keep that final drive going, kind of iced the game away. Um, I thought... All the newcomers that we brought in had some big games. Um, John Brown's been incredible so far. You can see that he has the chemistry down with Allen. Same thing with Cole Beasley. Uh, he had a few key third down conversions on the first few drives. Um, I thought Dawson Knox had a pretty good game. Um, the block he made on the outside for Devin Singletary um, was huge on that touchdown run. The offensive line's been very impressive so far in my opinion. Um, I thought they were going to be a little lackluster at first just because Mitch Morse um, missed a lot of time and showed a lot of new pieces and figuring it all out. But overall, I think they've done a really nice job 
Um, and then two players I kind of want to key in on that I thought had outstanding games. Uh, Saran Neal and Harrison Phillips. Saran Neal was all over the field defensively and special teams. He made a few really nice special teams plays where, um, especially on punts, he was downing guys immediately. Even on the defensive side of the ball, he was getting after Barkley a little bit when he was getting screens out of the backfield. He made a few really nice open field tackles. And Harrison Phillips just had a great game, was disrupted up the middle, um, applied a lot of pressure, even caused a fumble. Wasn't recovered by us, but did a really nice job there, um, especially just him coming in and giving the first unit, whether it be Starlet Tulay or Ed Oliver, a, um, a breather. Um, something I've noticed McDermott likes to do is he likes to have um, Hughes, Oliver, Latule, and Murphy in there for the few, first few drives, excuse me. And then after that, he kind of rotates in Harrison Phillips and Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson, some other guys, and then ultimately brings the other guys back in on third down after they get a little bit of breath um, to apply the most pressure. But I think this is a, that was a great step for him. Um, he's kind of asked to do a lot. I know Ed Oliver's pretty much the guy that's taking over for the Kyle Williams role, but I think having Harrison Phillips here um, actually helps Ed Oliver a lot too just because he knows the system, um, and I think he's only going to get better going forward. Um, there were some negatives in the game. Um, I thought the Bills took a little bit too many penalties. Um, I, the only penalty that I wouldn't say I'm okay with because it was a 15-yarder, but um, I did like Cody Ford sticking up for Allen. Um, anytime someone goes after your quarterback, you got to show them it's not okay. Um, I thought uh, the corners didn't have a particularly great game. Um, I thought White and Wallace played okay. Um, I thought they did well tackling, but as far as the pass game goes, um, I think they gave the receivers a little bit too much cushion for what they had. They didn't have um, Sterling Shepard and then Fowler kind of got banged up a little bit down the stretch too. Um, I thought Wallace looked awful on the um, touchdown to TJ Jones. He was very out of position, stumbled, and then the guy made an easy catch on a really not great throw by Eli Manning. Um, and it kind of seemed like once the Bills got up that um, the corners were kind of dropping off and playing prevent defense, which against certain teams is going to work like the Giants. It'll probably work against the Bengals this week. It might work. But when you're playing the Patriots and whatnot, um, I want to see Wallace and White go more man-to-man, like right at the line of scrimmage. Because if you're giving guys like Josh Gordon, Edelman, um, anyone else on a good team that much leverage, even against Pittsburgh, a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster, um, I feel like that's going to hurt us. Um, especially because uh, Leslie Frazier does a nice job of blitzing Hyde and Poyer at different times during the game. I know they won't want to give up the deep ball, but... I have enough confidence in Tredavious White and Levi Wallace they can make those plays. Um, and then another thing, not necessarily like a negative as far as like what the team did bad, but um, losing some players to injury is never good. Singletary uh, hurt his hamstring at the very end of that game. Um, he's not going to play this week, so that's obviously a little bit concerning. But um, overall, I really like what the Bills did. Um, I think this week against the Bengals, it's a great opportunity to start 3-0. And then have the crowd really going when New England comes in here week four. Um, that's going to be the really first test of the year. Um, I don't think I think the Bills are getting a little bit too much credit um, from certain media people. Um, obviously, it's good that the Bills started two and zero, but at the same time, um, you can look around. They're 
parts of the league and see who other teams have played. I think Baltimore is getting hyped up a little bit too much, even though they'd beat only the Cardinals and the Dolphins. And same thing can be said about the Bills. We beat um, the Jets and the Giants. Now, granted, if you want to be a good team and make the playoffs, you have to win um, the games you're supposed to win, and the Bills have done that so far. They've moved the ball well. The defense has been great, and the offense looks a lot better than last year. So I'm definitely giving the Bills a lot of credit. However, they need to go in, handle business this week against Cincinnati. And I don't even think you need to necessarily beat New England, as great as that would be. As long as you go in at home and show New England you can't just be pushed around, you keep the game close all the way through the end, and then these next few weeks you beat a team like the Titans on the road, which is a tough place to play, and then out of your bye week you get teams like the Eagles and the Browns and Dolphins, some tougher games. Um, so I think it would be really good for them to start off 3-0. and um, The Bengals are very banged up on the offensive line. Joe Mixon's been struggling a lot. Um, the only concern I would have is John Ross and Tyler Boyd have had a very strong season so far. Um, I'm more concerned about Ross as the deep threat just because um, if he gets behind us, I think it's going to be a problem just because, as I mentioned before, Poyer and Hyde do play up quite a bit, especially Poyer. Um, so that could be a problem, but if we get enough pass rush, I don't think it will be. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Trey White shadows him and they try to have Wallace um, and other guys kind of follow around Boyd. Um, Eifert's always a kind of question mark just because he's kind of injury prone. However, when he gets down to the red zone and he does play, um, he's definitely a problem. I would be surprised if a guy like Edmonds or Milano is on him. Um, with no Devin Singletary, I think this is a huge week for TJ Yeldon to show why they kept him on the roster. Um, especially on like third down and shorts, I wouldn't be surprised if they use him in the screen game at all. Um, Andre Roberts is finally back. That's going to be huge. Just as far as a standpoint of first home game, there's definitely going to be some nerves there. Might be a little more sloppy than it has been um, just because there's going to be a lot of energy. But I think Andre Roberts can do a good job of um, giving the Bills the advantage as far as the field of position. Um, we haven't gotten a lot of great returns so far this year with him out. It's kind of been a lot of fair catches or hide, only getting five, six yards on punt returns. So I think Andre Roberts can really change the field for the Bills. Um, and then I definitely, as I just mentioned, I want to see what, how the corners play. Um, I want to see a little bit better game from Tredavious White. And I want Levi Wallace to have a little bit of a bounce back week. And I think Kevin Johnson has another chance to have a big week just because Teron Johnson's out this week. So interesting to see what he's going to do. But um, ultimately, I think the Bills are going to come out strong and win this game. Um, I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I think the Bills are going to win pretty handily. Um, I think it could be a score along the lines of 28-10, um, 32-14, something along those lines. So um, definitely be interesting to see what they do. Um, so now looking at St. Bonaventure Bonnies, as I get through uh, my fourth and final team of the Big Four, um, Buffalo, uh, Bonaventure's going into their 100th season. Um, they went 18-16 and 16 last year, including a 12-6 and 6 conference record. Um, Bonnie's always been a very good home team. Um, they went 9-5 and five at home last year. Um, very, very tough place to play. Um, you can ask any A-10 opponent or even Canisius and Buffalo pretty much play each other every year. Um, and past few years, it's been in Bonnie. And I remember last year we played in Bonaventure as a Canisius fan, and we got blown out. Um, very tough place to play. 
Um, they did have a little bit down here as far as points per game. They only averaged 66.2. It's a little bit of a lower score. However, um, as far as the A-10 goes, it's a very scrappy division um, between them, St. Louis, Davidson, um, all those other teams are all very good defensively. So that's part of the reason they don't average as many points. Um, I don't think they had a great season overall last year, but they did make a nice A-10 run. They made it to the championship game before ultimately losing to St. Louis 55-53 in a really good game. Um, they were a very young team last year. Um, I give Coach Mark Schmidt a ton of credit. He did an excellent job. He's going into his 13th season. He holds the uh, most wins in program history. He's at 210 career wins right now. Um, he does a really nice job of just kind of adapting to situations. Um, even this year, they're going to be extremely young again. Um, looking at their active roster right now, they only have two juniors and one senior on the roster, and the one junior has to sit out because he's a transfer. Um, so only one senior and one junior. So still a very young team, but a team that can be dangerous coming the next few years because all those guys are going to be coming up together, build a lot of good team chemistry. Um, some key players from last year that are returning, um, Kyle Lofton, a really standout player, 14.4 points a game. He was part of the all-rookie team, and he was part of the A-10 um, tournament team. Um, I thought towards the late part of last year, um, when I watched a few of their games, he really turned it on. He's very explosive off the ball. He's a bigger guard, um, a lot of uh, smaller guards in the A-10 as far as, um, got, not even small, but 6'1", 6'2", were Lofton's, um, 6'4". And then another guard, Dominic Welsh, also a sophomore, um, only averaged 7.5 points per game last year, but um, he led the team in three-point field goal percentage and three-pointers made. So he's going to be a key as far as knocking down perimeter shots for them. Um, I don't know if Bonaventure is going to contend for an A-10 championship this year um, just because a lot of those other teams like Rhode Island and um, Davidson got a lot of good off-season acquisitions. But I feel like in the next couple of years, um, they're definitely going to compete for one again like they did last year when they had um, Jalen Adams and <clears throat> them, excuse me. But um, it definitely be interesting to see how they do this year. Um, I think they could finish with the, about the same record as they did last year, um, 18 and 16, right around there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up doing a lot better than I think just because, as I mentioned before, Schmidt is an outstanding coach. Um, but overall, I think they'll probably be that four to five range in the A-10 overall. Um, so now looking at the Sabres again, um, looking at which player I think can make the biggest stride this year um, was very difficult choice because the Sabres do have so many young players. Um, Eichel is always an easy choice to talk about because he's only going to progressively get better. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Eichel ends up in the 100 points this year. After he had a huge year getting over 80 last year. Um, I think it's kind of expected that Darlene's going to make a huge jump. So I didn't really want to choose him. He already showed last year how great of a player he is. Um, it really came down to a few players for me. Um, middle stats, a very interesting one along with Tage Thompson. They both have shown flashes, but um, they struggled a lot at points last year. Even middle stat at the beginning of his preseason kind of looked like he struggled, although... In their previous game against Toronto preseason, I thought he looked a lot better. And I thought Tage Thompson actually looked really, really good. Um, but the player I chose that I think is going to make the biggest stride um, is actually Victor Olipson. 
Um, and the reason I chose him is because although he only played six games for the Sabres last year, um, I think he showed the ability that not only can he hang at the level, but he can be a pure goal scorer for this team. Um, six games last year with us, he had two goals, two assists for four points. It was plus one. In those six games, he had 21 shots. Um, it's a pretty big number for a guy that was playing on a line with um, either Eichel and Skinner, Eichel, Reinhardt. Um, for most of the time he was up, I thought it was great to have him just kind of thrown on the top line and give him a shot at it. Um, but he was dominant in a Rochester last year. 66 games, 30 goals, 33 assists, 63 points, and was plus 12. Nine game-winning goals, had 193 shots. Um, and then just looking at the SHL stats uh, when he was on for Lunda HC 2016, nine goals, 18 assists, 27 points. And then the next year, he went from nine goals to 27 goals and 16 assists for 43 points. Um, he has a very quick shot, um, probably one of the better shots on the Sabres for as young as he is. Not many people on the Sabres probably have a quicker shot than him besides maybe Eichel. Um, but I think Olofsson can be um, a big contributor for the Sabres here. I think a lot of people don't expect him to have a lot of points. Um, but I can honestly see Olofsson coming in right off the bat, and I would not be surprised at all if Olsen scores between 20 and 25 goals this year, which I think would be huge for them. It's just all about a matter of where he's going to play. Um, I know there's been talk of him going right back to the top line, playing with um, Eichel and Skinner, but it's kind of hard to tell just because there was such a small sample size whether he could maintain his production they did in those six games over the course of a long time. Um I think it'd be more realistic if you saw him on the third line with a guy like um, Rodriguez and Oposo or something along those lines. Um, I think he could also be a big power play contributor on the second unit. He could kind of be in that trigger guy like Eichel is, where they kind of pass the puck around and then Olsen can set up for a one-timer. Um, he showed last year his one-timer is absolutely lethal. Um, it's definitely interesting to see what they're going to do, though. There's a lot of young guys, Asplund, Thompson, Middlestat, a lot of guys that Sabres are relying on to have big years, but I think Olofsson's going to make the biggest stride um, from what we saw last year, although it was pretty brief. Um, and so last week I started doing a weekly pick for football. Um, so I'm 1-0. I picked the Bills over the Giants. Um, this week my pick is going to be the Packers over the Broncos. Um, I think the Broncos are really struggling right now, and I don't see them going into Lambeau Field and beating the Packers. Um, Packers defense is legit. It's for real this year. Um, Aaron Rodgers looks like he's finally getting back on track. So the Packers are going to be my pick. See if I can get up to 2-0 and or if I'll drop to 1-1. and um, Next week, got some interesting topics for me going over um, who I think the top five athletes of all time are. We're going through the most overrated player in the NFL. Um, one coach from each of the big four sports who has the most pressure season, who's essentially on the hot seat um, to being fired. And then we're going to be doing a preview of the MLB playoffs. Um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I hope you all enjoyed um, this week's episode, and I hope you all tune in next week. And thank you, and have a nice week.